welcome everybody to another episode of the Shuffs and Preds podcast. With the ending of the regular season, it is time for childish games and stupid saying the beginning in other languages to end. We're getting down to business. We're getting down to the semifinals of the CFL playoffs. With me this week, Tyler and Matt. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Sup, ladies? This will not be one of those jokey, fun podcasts that you're used to. No jokes. No jokes. I'm all business. 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 What we're going to talk about today. Who got snubbed in the CFL All-Star Who got rubbed? And the overall (laughs) CFL All-Star debacle that went down yesterday on Wednesday. We're going to give a quick eulogy for the uh, CFL teams that are no longer playing anymore. We're going to do our final installment of league leaders. We already know what happened. Lorenzo Malden got 17 sacks. I knew that would be the number. (laughs) We're going to pred the semis, and then we're going to have our final fantasy installment of the year. Gentlemen, do you feel renewed? Do you feel excited now that the playoffs have come? Actually, no. Really? Yeah, I don't get to I don't get to watch Saskatchewan flounder week over week and question everything that the franchise does. Oh, boo! That's dang darn. Ah, oh, I feel I think completely a, rejuvenated. Yeah, yeah. No, of I course you are. You, you're the, the Elks are the same problem. Between the no halftime show and the fan, they're the all star. I was I'm just kind of like, okay. yeah. Leave so, a bad yeah, taste in your mouth. Great. Let's just get into it. Let's especially talk about this when all-star the debacle. CFL is just they're tweeting through it. I mean they're they're talking about you can enter to win this <laughs> Z Force nine fifty side by side. You you know come see our Gray Cup kickoff show performer somebody, and you know what they're the just Valley, tweeting through it, and it's like, how do you feel about did the Lions sort of cuck? the CFL by having an incredible they got Sarah McLaughlin singing O Canada and they got Stephen Page doing the halftime show. I feel like the Lions were like, fuck it, I do it all by myself. I don't I need think... anybody else. We're just gonna <laughs> put on a show at BC Place. No, I think I think it's how clear it's done right. that Amar Doman, oh. Victor Quee, like Gary Stern, these are guys who are I even like even Mark Gowdy. I think Oseg is far superior in terms of running a sport, a sports entertainment property, than the league office. And that's mean. Like that. That's dude. That's they mean. feel completely disconnected, though. Well, it, it, I, it definitely feels like, and I'm sure you guys have been in situations or in organizations like this where the mistakes start piling up because you're scrambling. Right. And there's not a lot of folks at the league office. Like, I, I can't imagine it's a huge operation. And, oh, but it's got, it, I mean, but no, but it's just, it's, yeah. we, we've all been there. It's, it's busy season. Obviously, they're going to the playoffs. They're behind. They haven't announced a Grey Cup halftime show. And everyone's scrambling to get the Grey Cup festival put together. You know, they've, they've got a lot going on. And it just, it, it stuff gets missed, right? And it's okay for stuff to get missed, but it is just emblematic of stuff at the league office is not running smoothly. 
Yeah. And that's a huge problem. But that so that's where I'd kick off this discussion about the all-star thing is the fact that nobody in the league office when they got that list finalized before they handed it out to teams was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like nobody, and I was uh, actually Simone Lawrence. I think I'm going to butcher it a little bit. Basically, he said like, people don't care enough about the CFL. Like, and it shows. Yeah. And it's like, that's exactly right. Like nobody, there were, we there care. were so many glaring mistakes on that initial all-star ballot from, I think, Andrew Harris, Matt, you pointed out Boris Beatty. Um, I would point out a few other horrible ones, which would be uh, Daniel Ada Boboi uh, uh, for special teams uh, in the East. Um, I think that, you know, there's a guy named even... Daniel Attaboy in the CFL. Yeah, uh, it's not That's... pronounced Attaboy. It's A D. I still can't pronounce it. Well, I would just pronounce it Attaboy. Or, um, you know, I think the one for I don't know, like I don't I definitely will not claim that I was like oh something's up here something seems fishy, but the Keon Schaefer Baker, I was like what, and I was like okay I guess like they're just like it's it's throw throw the team a bone right like they don't have many all stars like throw throw Saskatchewan a bone so that they can feel like they're included. But I was like, but I mean, obviously, the Harris one was egregious considering the player who he was ahead of was like the better running back by miles on his own team. <laughs> right. And then, Matt, you can discuss Mr. Beatty's uh, performance this season. I, I, I don't want to pile on Beatty, but he is statistically no, the worst you're, kicker you're, in the You're not the, piling on him. You're pointing out the flaw in the, in the All Star system that should have been caught. Yeah, he's, he's the worst starting kicker in the CFL, right? He, yeah. The only guy who was worse than him statistically is Domagala, who got benched for the, the reigning East Division uh, kicker, yeah. Seth Small, all-star. Um, so, yeah, like, like Boris, it's that, uh, it should have been immediate. Like, okay, so, okay. <laughs> the no the no Stampeders lineman. The, the, not, the, yeah. Which I know, like, people were like, what? Like, I think what's funny about that one is people are like, all right, I guess we'll offensive linemen just kind of get screwed and overlooked all the time. Um, right. But but you're like, the team, they led the league in rushing yards. like they And they had three different players run for 100 yards behind that line between Logan, uh, Mills, and Carey. And offensive so like, line is in any of all the sport positions in all of sports – is the most underrated besides maybe something in cricket I'm not aware of. Wow. That's a gr- that's a a good point. But yeah, no, but like man, this was such a fucking fumbling of the bag. Just cuz and I think that's so true Matt when you're like you you're all you're already I'd say it's more of a dropping of the ball, John. And you just look again just make yourself look like an absolute bush league operation. Yeah. Which what is if bad? We we could do better than this. I, I'm not lying. The three of us, oh. maybe and maybe Peter, could run the league. Give us some lawyers to do all the legal stuff, which is super boring. But let us do the fun stuff. We got it. This is embarrassed. This is egg on the face. Yeah. Uh, Simone yeah. Lawrence. It, Simone Lawrence. Give me the shirt. Simone was right. I, I, I think feel like they've Randy's got in hot water. I, I, it's they they do have like they have a week. 
to figure out the Grey Cup because well the the, the halftime announcements tomorrow is what we've been told. Yeah, I mean it has to be because if you're two weeks out from a major event, like who can get there? Who's ready? You know, it's like they they've yeah. got to they got to get it going. So they've got to do if, it. If I was them, I've been thinking about this. If I was them, I and I don't know how you put it together in such a short time. But I open up the checkbook about as big as possible and say, like, we fucked this up. We are going to pay to get a name here. In short order, we're going to make it right for the halftime show. Because if there's an announcement tomorrow and it's, I don't know, just somebody who had a, a one-hit wonder back in 2012, that is going to be bad. That's going to be very, very bad in my opinion. So I feel like they they have it. They do have a chance to salvage it, but they've got to, like, realistically, what they should be doing is they should, like, probably have, like, bring back Carly Rae Jepsen would be what I would do. <laughs> I saw that, uh, that Randy Bachman my... is playing in in Regina so right now. So it's not him. I think he tweeted out that it's okay. not going to be. <laughs> And then, like, I know somebody was speculating that they saw, like, The Offspring, like, had a date open and they're on a Canadian tour. And I was like, I like some of their songs. I would go in for The Offspring, for sure. What? I would go in for The Offspring. I would be cool with that, but that's not exactly, like, I feel like we need to be a little more, a little hot than that. I mean, again, not to be mean. I feel like I'm being so mean now, but last year it was Arkells. Like, we don't need it to be that hot. We do need it, but, but that worked because it was local. It was at Tim Hortons for a Hamilton group. It's okay. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They I, need to I, I, open I, the chat. Right. With that being said, we've now piled on. Now let's look at the list that is. And let's talk about who. Still I don't got feel. Stuff. I don't feel like we piled on. I feel like we we treated them justly for what they did. But yes, piling on would be like we were like doing too much to like point out. Well, no, we, we, we did. Pile, we, we don't want to pile on to the individual. We want to attack uh, the uh, the structure. Yes. Oh, but I. I mean. I don't. Know. I don't Unless want to that, that individual is Randy Ambrose. I think. It, I think that's the. <laughs> Which in that case, dude, you are like, just. Are you doing up this? And we're gonna do. Thing. And we're gonna talk about it when we get to the Saskatchewan eulogy. And it's. It's like. I just feel like I'm not in any position to talk like this. I'm not a sports reporter. I'm not a so former obvious. player. But you're like, a person I, with eyes and ears. <laughs> but, and, but I, and I like I don't want to be mean to like Jason Moss, who I think, by all accounts, is a really nice guy and is a hard worker, and it just hasn't worked out at the head coach or offensive coordinator level. And for Randy Ambrosi, like by all accounts, like a nice guy. Is there anything like, worse than being called a nice guy, though? Isn't a nice guy what you say when you have nothing nice to say about somebody? You're just like, oh, they're a nice guy. It's not like, oh, no, they really, I, they really transformed the no, league. You know, really come in and put it. You don't want to, you don't want to beat down on them. No, like I, the, a nice guy in the in the sense of I have nothing to say. You know, you can say stuff um, about a lot of, you know, like Dan Schneider. You know, mm-hmm. like. Piece it's of not a tragedy not for me that he is selling the team. Nice not a nice guy. 
Like, I don't feel bad about saying that, that Dan Snyder, it's, I'm not going to be sad that you sold the team. I don't care if they win no more games while you own them. I don't care if his wife cheats on him, whatever. I'm going to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. <laughs> exactly. But Randy Ambrosi, I've been giving nothing. There's nothing that makes me want to be like either like ambivalent or rooting for his downfall. Yes. But the major uh, initiatives have have largely failed, right? Like Global, Global. 2.0. Um, Please, Matt, there are a lot of Australian punters that have made their way to the CFL. <laughs> It's like and TCU, you know we've yeah. we're we're con like the the leadership doesn't seem confident. The leadership doesn't seem in control. Every year we have discussions that really should not be happening. There's no reason for us to have a are we moving to four downs? You know, yeah. like that 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 does it's it's should not be on the table. There should not the league should not be in a place where we have to discuss moving to four downs and. A corollary to the four down conversation is the all in. I know everyone's doing it, but the all in on gambling and how that has affected the the product and the marketing and you know the the kind of financial it's very desperate goals of the yeah exactly you know so the, like, these desperate. things are not you can't have like if you have betting on a league no one cares about you have less betting the first thing you need to do is you need to lay the bedrock. Simone was right. You know, you've got a you got a league that is 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 strong. It's got a lot of talent. You got a lot of great players. You you need to just be fostering that, right? And you need to do things to like if we saw an increase in pass yards per game, like we should be averaging three hundred and fifty pass yards a game again. You know, you look back in the two thousands and the nineties, you have guys completing fifty passes. <laughs> Like throwing fifty completions in a game, and now like there are guys that are lucky to break twenty. Yeah, it's not good. I agree. I agree. So and I'm gonna. Bring that's where, that's where I'm at. I want to correctly quote or correctly quote our friend Simone Lawrence, who said, "Not enough people truly care about the CFL, and it shows," which I think is a good quote. And with that, now let's talk snubs. I will start off with the most obvious of all snubs, which is Darnell Sankey of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, this is why it was an especially egregious snub. He led the league with 122 tackles, and I get that he's on a bad team, but I feel like, first and foremost, if you lead the league in a category, you're going to be on an all-star team. I think that but is Adam fair. Big Hill, who was voted an all-star, played all 18 games, had only 72 tackles this season. And I don't care how much anybody can come and say, oh, but Big Hill, Big Hill, you know, the centerpiece of a dominant defense. You know, he does things. Listen, if you have 50 <laughs> more tackles than another player, you had a better season. 50 tackles is a season for some guys. And Sankey had 50 more than the gentleman who was voted ahead of him. Sankey also had more sacks. He had more forced fumbles. He had the same amount of interceptions than Big Hill. I think this is very a very specific one where I don't need, I'm not, you know, it's not like maybe there's a case for a receiver where you can say, you know, I can see why a couple guys were in the mix. No, 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 no. 
Darnell Sankey should be an all-star over Adam Big Hill. And that's as simple as that. That's what I got to say. No, that makes total sense. Yes. Makes total sense. Uh, for me, I really, I think the updated list is a, is a great list. And I actually, I'm going to say I have Much no improved. qualms with it. I have no yeah. changes except have for. None. I have no. None. What? The only, I have, I have a, a functional problem with it. And that is that there's only one running back slot. Oh, yeah. I think that's just a problem. Like every team runs at least two backfield, right? And so the, to have. Is it five receiver slots? Yeah, it's five, five receiver, receiver slots. slots, but only one backfield. Whether that's for a fullback uh, or a running back, it seems like you're, you know. <laughs> you think seems... they should have? Do you think they should <coughs> open it up to a flex position? No, I think it should be another running back position. Well, okay, so I'll counter that. No. Okay, please. <laughs> Reverse. Actually, it's interesting. It's interesting. Why, why, why? You can counter it, of course. You're no, 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 because I find that interesting because I would say, like, in the East, there's no other running back that should take the spot of any of the receivers. But in the West, like, I can definitely hear arguments for Butler over either Lawler or Dembski. I see. What, yeah, I mean, I think... So any, that's if anything... where I would say... Because, like, I would... It would be ridiculous, again... I'm, but, but let's just say, hmm, let's just say they put who I think it was, uh, wasn't a Jashroon was Jashroon led the East in rushing yards this year. Yeah. If they put Jashroon in over Dunbar or Tim White, I think that would be kind of ridiculous. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa here. That's not necessarily like, so I feel I do, but I like your idea. I like, I would like to see them flex a position on the all-star team just because yeah. yeah one to five is a tough ratio when you have you know, all, all these <laughs> and other, it's just not and it's just teams. not realistic to how things are are run you know you think of a guy like greg mccray who actually is like uh, if you go to you know his, his position page he's he is a running back but he is flexing yes. to the slot back position um you know brady Oliveira caught a, a ton of um ton of passes but yeah I, I just think that I like that. and and James Butler is the one like I think James Butler um although he had a bit of a dip at the the middle part of the season uh performed as well as as any other running back in the league and deserves to be recognized thus yeah. um that's tough so yeah that, that's just a, a hard a I hard like thing case. to do from a formatting perspective but otherwise I really like I I think it was crazy that Dembski and Malik Henry got left off uh, in that initial list. I, was, I think the only one that I think doesn't could really be replaced is Kenny Lawler. That seems like a, an anomaly. I have so I have, and notes I think on KSB that. could actually pop up there. Uh, I think Reggie Bagleton. Um, I have Hatcher. Hatcher would be the guy I'd throw. Hatcher in as well, yeah, stepping in for for Burnham and really making a huge impact. But, um, so I think I think Lawler is the outlier on the offense i don't know who i'd replace him with though necessarily so i i had a note that was my only other one was like i would i would say you know i would definitely hear an argument for lawler to be replaced but that being said in only 12 games to rack up 894 yards five touchdowns 
And I know this shouldn't be a factor, but you've got to consider the quarterback play he had versus a lot of other guys. I, I, I do feel like what Lawler did this season was pretty spectacular, but I, I think I probably would have put Keon Hatcher in over him. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. That that's a. But it, I feel like I you can get really mired in the outstanding, valuable All Star. Like, what does it mean? Like Kenny Lawler <laughs> was one of the best receivers in the league. He had a horrible, I, that's also wide, a great point. <laughs> he, he had a horrible wide receiver, or he had a horrible quarterback. He only played twelve games, but when he was on the field, like there was no doubt who the best offensive player was out there. It's fair. So, but. I'm going to go with Nick Marshall. Nick Marshall snubbed. Okay. He had to put up with Saskatchewan punting all the time and playing lots of defense. (laughs) He had four interceptions, an interception return for a touchdown. Somebody on Saskatchewan secondary, whether Sankey, yes, he should be in there, just of course. But Nick Marshall had to put up with a lot. And for that. So, kind of like a grievance of like. He's just be like an all star due to like hardship. Yeah, exactly. Hardship like, like the like like the like <laughs> the Elks in and uh, Red Blacks punters should be should be also the all stars representatives of their teams because like they that. had to work their tails off. All right, one other. Now this one, I feel like what was actually wrong was that Janarion Grant should have been the special teams finalist for the CFL awards. Instead, Janarion Grant is the all-star special teams player in the West, and Mario Alford is the finalist for special teams player of the year in the West for the CFL awards. And so a lot of people (laughs) said, oh, that means Mario Alford should have been on all-star. But I feel like if you look at the stats, they both had pretty incredible seasons. Um, um, You know, I feel like that was really quite even. So I wouldn't call that a snub necessarily. Maybe you just get the best of both worlds. One gets an award nomination, one gets an all-star. Uh, but that's one other one I would maybe point out uh, is, is Alford. But I actually, in the end, I think maybe Grant should have gotten the, the award nomination. I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. That's just him. And then finally, <laughs> we should also bring up the fact that like Nathan Rourke definitely should have been the all-star for the quarterbacks. Yeah, especially because we all know we all know he's the best at the position in the league. We're all like no one no one thinks that there's like, a better quarterback. Like, like, oh, MVP MVP is the award where we can be like, all right, you've got to give it to Caleros because he played the whole season and he put up great numbers. Everything else, including the All Star position, everybody should have agreed that we're not going to pull the wool over our eyes and we're going to just give it to the best quarterback in the yes. league. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 fair. This is all. This is a star. I'm sorry. Like that was, that's the, that's the crazy thing about Caleros yeah. is just he's he's not like he is. He's built himself just to the all star level. Not just to it, but he's built himself to the all star level with like consistent workmanlike performances, but nothing that stre- screams star. Game like break. Game is game star. breaker. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. Like, no, exactly. Again, even on his own team this year, I think, and I, I, I would guess Tyler may agree with me on this, the star of the Winnipeg Blue Bomber season was Dalton Schoen. 
Yes, he was the. I, I told you now that he, now that he, we. I mean, we didn't talk about the final week of the games, but Dalton Schoen now has the most touchdown receptions since like I was in high school. So, like, I'm a I'm a I'm a grown man. So, but with Schoen, like, there's no doubt though in terms of like even with Rhymes having the season he did, Hatcher had a great year. Whitehead was injured but had a solid year. There's no doubt who the star of that offense is when healthy. He's a monster. He's an absolute monster. He made he made losing Kenny Lawler not matter at all. In fact, he's Lawler. better than Kenny Lawler by who a is, lot. Who by are a you talking about Dalton Schoen. Oh, okay. All right. I, I was still talking about Rourke. No, I was talking about Dalton Schoen. Well, about, all right, Matt Tyler. Any final words on the All Star debacle and or snub? Let's get it. Let's. I mean, this is a low ask. Just. Get it right next year. Double check the list before you just send it out. Like a bunch of nonces. Like just <laughs> come on. Just the minimal asks. We do a podcast on this league, and it makes us look like chumps. Yeah, it's true. I don't want to be made look look like a fool. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Love Actually where Emma Thompson confronts Alan Rickman about his infidelity, and she says. Yes, but you've made me look foolish as well. You've made the life I lead foolish. And she starts crying. And that's kind of how I felt about this debacle. Is I was like, <laughs> I devote so much time to a league that doesn't release the correct all-star list. That doesn't care about you. Final word is, on it, this. It would be nice. Like I, I don't mind that the NFL doesn't care about me. But I feel like I, the CFL should care about me. Like, Dude, they have bit. to reward loyalty. <laughs> like I again, we are we are sold. We've drank the Kool Aid. We have a CFL podcast, but I feel like the CFL should not take any of its fans for granted at any moment, and they should always be going above and beyond. Final word, and I know I've seen I tweeted about this. Other people. If any of the players who were originally named All-Stars had an All-Star incentive or bonus attached to their uh, contract, they damn sure better get that paid out. See, that, I, we, we don't have to get into it, but I disagree completely. Oh, I would love to get into it. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think they're not All-Stars. No. And I, I think to no, pay out. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's poor business. That you, you being Bush League and you not having control on your shit, these people could, you're telling, like. I mean, they like, corrected it so quickly. It's not like people went out they and didn't, bought they, like, it a took car. Hours. It took hours. It, I know, but these guys didn't go buy a car with their all-star bonus. No, you know, like it was that's corrected. That's a horrible thing, no matter how. It like, is. No, it's not fun. Like, uh, no, of course. Like, and like. You know, especially for I think there are some people who might like know, like Andrew Harris is like, okay, what, what's this? But Keon Schaefer Baker, right? It's you his have, first would have been his you're first primed time. to break out next year, yeah. And you know, and this is like the fir- first big stepping stone for your breakout season, yeah. Um, not, <laughs> and no, and so like that's just such a kick in the butt. Lucky Whitehead, a guy who's overcome injuries and you know, has been just a real roller coaster to see, to, to feel like people recognize you that are you seen, grinding. even though you've, you've not been able to, to perform to, to the highest level, 
because of injuries. Yeah. But for to feel like people recognize that you have that all-star caliber talent. Yes. And then for that to be yoinked away from you has got to be devastating. Yes. And you should be paid. <laughs> but 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 you did not get the all-star votes. Yes. I don't care. I feel like <laughs> I feel like if like if you were at work and somebody like accidentally put a hundred dollar bonus on your paycheck, they can't take that away from you. Yeah, but I think they I can. <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to. I but I I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's let's, some let's let's march there's forward. some technical questions, but yeah. Hey, power to the worker. All right, now we are getting into quick. These are thirty seconds or less eulogies about the three teams that have uh, failed to make it to the playoffs. Obviously, we're talking about Ottawa, Edmonton, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think it best if we leave the Rough Riders to last. How does everybody feel about that? That sounds good. Yep. Let's kick it off in the East with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Matt, please share your final thoughts on their season. Final thoughts are, you know, you can go as you can go as high and as fast as you want. You can put the the best team together. You can you can do it all if you don't have a a, a pivot. Like if you don't have a quarterback in the CFL especially, you're you're not there. It don't matter. You you've got to put somebody under center that can run the offense, um, it, it, and it's just you're not even close. Like it, it's unfortunately Caleb Evans and Nick Arbuckle don't have it. I'm and back next year, baby. <laughs> so you know, so it's it, and it's okay. It's like you know, some people don't have it. Like I have not had it for many things. You know, I've gone out for jobs, not gotten it. You know, I've I've attempted things and not done it. It's okay to not have it. Um, you but have a daughter who can't dunk. That's true. One hundred percent true. Don't know. Can can hardly even get off the ground. Ugh. Embarrassing. But, you know. So that's the eulogy. Is that they've got a great opportunity to? Yes. I, I think. Um, I think, writers and the rough, yeah, sorry, red blacks and the writers are both in this position where. If they can figure out the pivot, they're actually going to be good next year. But if not, there's there's no there's no hope for them. Tyler, I don't really know what to say here for them. <laughs> this is now many many years, two mostly, where we've had to put up with incompetence with with. With belief, but then a letdown. We thought the hype videos in the summer were going to build something special, but really they just ended up being very good hype videos, which led us down the primrose path of failure. Um, the season began so so hopeful, so beautiful. We had a new quarterback. We were we were losing, but we were losing close. A and good then, loss. A good loss. Is a good loss better than a bad win? Who's to say? I'm just saying. But but in the end, those good losses turned into more bad losses. And before the season was halfway through, we had completely lost faith. And 
that malaise mostly continued until their final death. So, R.I.P. to the Audible Red Blacks 2022 season. R.I.P. Red Blacks. I decided to uh, pull a quote from my favorite Clancy Brown movie. Oh, I thought you were going to put... I was worried there for a second. And it says that hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. (laughs) And no good thing ever dies. And that's how I'll remember this 2022 Ottawa Red Black season. It was full of hope. It was full of hype videos. It was full of the Masoli effect. And no one can ever, ever take away that feeling from me. And I will willingly next year fall into that same trap of believing in the Red Blacks because of their hype videos. And so... John is a hype beast. The dream lives on. The dream lives on. With that, we move to the Edmonton Elks. Tyler, please begin. I'd love to say that before Edmonton died, they had done their home fans some measure of, of respect. Unfortunately, I cannot say that. If you have Edmonton Elks season tickets, you are, without a doubt, the strongest person in Canada. I'm talking to you, the one person who has season tickets to the Elks. Because if you have renewed your season... If you have renewed your season tickets... You are a moron. Let, let's get a. Let's this is a. Bit net, That's now a good with, point. Let's pour one out for the the ticket sales executives at the trying Edmonton to Elks. sell trying to sell Dude. season ticket packages. You guys want to re up for one more year? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, they get so creative. They are. They do bust their butt. I will say. Um, it is a season that never was. It is a season that never was to be. Um, it was devoid of, of hype videos to even get us ex- to even get us excited. Um, this was a mercy killing. Uh, Ottawa was an unfortunate incident. Uh, uh, began by an evil man. We, we didn't mention the evil man who who had snuffed we don't out speak Ottawa. His name anymore. Yeah, who snuffed out Ottawa before before they were you know so young. That's so so young. Week five. It's terrible. <laughs> But the Elks were, it was, we did the right thing. You know, they're not suffering anymore. Um, and that's, that's ultimately all that matters. Um, we just hope that they had a, a good life. And um, yeah, that's all we can really say. I love it. I love it. I will say that this season, in many ways, was I think we're going to look back on this season in a couple seasons and say that this was really a building block year. Some have called it a 21-week mini camp, and so I'd like to quote. <laughs> no one. Okay, I, I do want to make it very clear that no one is saying this. <laughs> I've heard it on podcasts before. Yeah, this podcast. Yeah, so some people have said it. <laughs> what did I call it? 21-week mini camp. You yeah, just said two that. people have said it. Now is not the just end. so good. <laughs> so embarrassing. We have to we have to end the podcast immediately. <laughs> now is not the end. It is not even the beginning of the end, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. The Elks from here have added key pieces. It's only improvement going on, 
And I see Who? 2023 as a year where the Elks will win upwards of six games. <laughs> building blocks. <laughs> hey, maybe they'll yeah. make the maybe make the playoffs by the time, by the time. I mean, I this is probably a good um, transition, but I don't know if you guys saw the the insider talk feature on Three Down Nation. Somebody, some anonymous league source, referred to Jason Moss as a offensive genius. Oh well, it's kind of like if he's if he can call plays that good, why doesn't he call plays good? But I think the same thing with Lapo and Chris Jones is like these guys are like it's not like they've not been given the shot. It's, you know, they're they're calling good plays as a Jones QB is coach. A breakup champion. Like, yeah, I mean, of course, like like. I, He's a great cup champion. Like but they were horrible. They were they were just terrible this year. Not they're not even close. There were no bright spots for the Edmonton season. They're 4 and 14. They didn't win a home game. I mean like what what, what do we want here? They are they're terrible. Hmm. Um I mean, I would say no bright spots. Ever heard of Kevin Brown? He's a uh, he is a one for the future. Well, yeah, there there are some good players on every team. Yes, I think every I think the CFL being the second you know best professional football league in the world, they're bound to attract talent. There's going to be good players on every team, but like yes. four and fourteen. Four fourteen. That was not good, but again, building block season. The end of the beginning. We've had two down years in a row, and now it's time to excel. I think that's all, all we have to say about that. And now we move on to the Riders. And I will start, and I will say, while eulogizing the other teams, you know, I really tried to come up with... Can we, can we, can we put Riders on the Storm to, like, like cue this in? Like, just the, like, the raining and the, like, the... I'm not sure. I'm not the, I'm not the producer. Nah, but, can, uh, we do, can we can we edit that in? Sure. Yes, we. Well, I'll say that there is no positives. It's kind of like the um, scene from Billy Madison. You know, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That's how I feel. That's the quote that best exemplifies this rider season. I give them no credit for anything. I didn't like anything they did, and their greatest sin of all was that they were boring. At least be exciting, at least bring some mayhem. They were just boring. And so I'm glad their season is over. It's fair. That's all I have to say about that. Matt, <laughs> please share your thoughts. I think the writers are, they have the opportunity to be good next year. I think... Psych! I th- I think I I don't, <laughs> I don't know I re- that 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 uh I really do uh, think one or two good pickups on the offensive line grabbing Bo Levi and signing either um Kahari Jones or Paul LaPolice as offensive coordinators Makes them Grey Cup contenders. Oh my god. Do you hear yourself? <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? Yeah, Tell me I'm wrong. 
you are you're i will tell you you're wrong that their their free agent list was just too much for me to take <laughs> all their receivers I believe jamal morrow's a free agent there's too much there's too much up for grabs they do have though the spark the human torch mason fine is under contract i believe so i think they'll be all right <laughs> that that is going to be the story of the year when craig trots out mason fine as the starting quarterback week one next year <laughs> tyler please share your thoughts dearly beloved we are gathered here today yep. to, to pay homage to the greatest dumpster fire of a team that we've seen in our short time doing this podcast uh, between I don't know it, it, we, the cause of death uh, <laughs> some, uh, we're, a hard turn there. cause of de- cause of death after the autopsy was it lack of leadership was it a quarterback whose arm is like a wet noodle was it receivers who can't stay healthy for more than three weeks is it players who get booted out of the league who's to say uh for me, uh, the Rough Riders' death is one that was most deserved. This was an execution style. Uh, um, it's 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 bloody. It's gross. It's going to take several years to clean the mess from this. Um, oh, good lord! This is a closed casket funeral. Um, this is a. This is a. Uh, this is this is somebody getting shanked in jail and and right, bleeding to death. It. We get it. Thirty seconds or less. All right, John, you dropped like six different f bombs this episode. I think Tyler can talk a little bit about his I favorite team's complete downfall. I, I the talk pod. the talk of them being back with like two to three players is funny to me because I think they need to replace their entire front office and start from the ground up i, mean, I basically act, i would actually i would have actually their pre- entire I, offensive staff i would like actually it. prefer that the rough riders like have a building year like the elks did with new players and try something different because this team got it was we're we're we're, we're on a regression line here right we got to the the west finals we, we narrowly lost at home Okay, check. Next season, we kind of limped to the West Finals, I would say, and got kind of lucky. Uh, looked a lot worse. The season record would say that, and so would the, all of the stats and metrics. And then this season, the, just the floor fell out. And it was coming. Uh, we knew it was coming. Uh, and the absolute down backslide at the end of the season. The, the Rough Riders, by the end of the season, were the worst team in the CFL. I know that their record ended up not being the worst in the CFL, but but we all can sit here and say, I don't trust them to win. If the Elks played them, at, that was the unfortunate thing. The Elks got the Rough Riders at home too early in the season. If the Elks played the Rough Riders the last games in any of the last six weeks of the season, they would have won. They, yep. So that should be the season ticket uh, pitch that's there for the Elks. We, we're playing the Rough Riders at home next season. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's yeah. beautiful, Tyler. Mm, I, th- yeah. I, I, I think I, I'm just more I optimistic. Think the big issue is the offensive line. The defense is fine. With, the offense is the is you the saw worst. With Mason fine back there that he was getting hit. Sad. He was not fine. He was not fine. I mean, it's crazy to the think. O line, team record seventy seven sacks allowed. Ugh. 
77. Like, the, the, so the, the team with the most in the league is 56 for, the, for Calgary. So, <laughs> just on the inverse, 77. That's a lot of sacks. That's a lot of sacks. I do think they should give Cody another shot. <sighs> I, that would be shocking. If Lon- that launch would... him into the whatever arena indoor league he's going to be a part no. of. Because there he only needs to throw the ball. <laughs> that is so mean. This Dude. is your favorite player. Dude. I don't. He's not my not, favorite. He's not a leader. He ended up being a total like he's such a fraud. I, I am oh like, my, my god! That's a little harsh. It's way harsh. He's a fraud. He's not a leader on this of this team. He acted like he's a leader on this team, and then and then he, the, the he who shall not be named incident happens, and the guy has nothing to say. Yeah, all right, bud. This ain't your locker room. Very clear. You listen. I'm done with. I mean, Cody. he completed seventy percent of his passes. I don't care because they're all, they're all, they're all for positive three. They're TD all for three yards. They're ratio. all for three yards. All of his passes are for three yards, and Keon Schaefer Baker has to like juke seven people. His average is eight point four. Oh, it's disgusting. Get this man out of here. It's done. It's not going to happen. I think your, that is just that so is one crazy. of the harshest takes. Absolutely. Do you, do you that's want a him wild. on the John, let me, let me, let me, wait, that is let me, such let me, a classic stop. East Coast fan. Let, let, <laughs> just let me, absolutely no, just no. rip Scorched people Earth. personally. Yeah. Listen, John, listen, John. Would, here's, the, here's, the, here's the defining question that will tell me whether Cody Fajardo should stay at Saskatchewan or in the CFL. John, would you like going into next season, Cody Fajardo to be the starting quarterback of the Elks? Would that be a positive step for you? I don't think you need him when you've got Cornelius. That's it's not. What I'm, it's a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question. Yes, of course. Like Cody Fajardo was an obvious step yes. up from Taylor Cornelius. Yes. Yeah, that, of is course. Bu- that is bullshit. That's I'm sorry. That's bullshit. That is that's complete just, bullshit. I, how have you watched any rider? How have you watched any riders game in the last two seasons? And you can actually say that because because he runs for some touchdowns sometimes. Like, like. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like obviously Cody Fajardo has had a down year and had a down, down year. He had a, he's had a down two years. Yeah, but he played. He took them to the finals last year. Yes, but but did he get the question? Did his play get them to the finals last year? Like Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl. Did Trent Dilfer win? Like get the Super Bowl? The team win because of Trent Dilfer? Hold up. I will say, with the level of QB play across the CFL this year, there are going to be many opportunities for Fajardo going forward. I agree. The idea, like. Like many opportunities, but not at, at Saskatchewan. Goodbye. No, obviously that ship has sailed. There, I yeah, I think, think it's. Any, I think it's but, no. But like Cody or Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be the starting quarterback for the Saskatchewan Roughriders next year. But but I would say but I well, but I would say like you know I'll name a few places I can see Cody getting a shot next year. Okay, Edmonton one, BC if Rourke leads, I can see Cody. I could see Cody going in and being competitive um, against Dane Evans for a quarterback spot. I could see Cody going in and challenging or being the backup and possibly putting pressure on Trevor Harris for Absolutely. a quarterback spot. Like I did that starting in Ottawa. Start well no Jeremiah Masoli. Jeremiah Masoli is going to come back healthy next year and set the league on fire. That that I can believe. But uh, that but, I can uh, believe. Just to be said, there's like. The uh, yeah. Tyler, you are being far too harsh yes, to say that, like I, the door is <laughs> the door is shut. I'm, sh- I, in, in my league. heart, and the door is shut. Yeah, because well, that you're we know a northeast hater. 
You are. And you guys here. are West Coast like rosy like retrospection. Yeah, we're soft. It's yeah, because you, you, you know what? It's fitting that you are from the Rose City because you look back on these things like with with, gl- well, with glittering uh, with glittering eyes, no, like watching the, the, Cody Fajardo. You just it's, not, <laughs> it's not glittering eyes to say that Cody Fajardo is a better quarterback than Taylor Cornelius. No, corn. I'm going with Corn Dog. Corn Dog, you're my boy. I'm a bigger Alex fan than you. Proven. <laughs> Everybody knows my favorite player is William Stanback anyway. With that being said, let's talk league leaders for the final time. MBT gets the yardage crown, 4,731. Kadeem Carey, who we all predated, gets the rushing crown, 1,000. 88. Hey, I will say it's un- it is it does it does we were robbed of the standback versus carry. Oh, of course. I feel that I feel like that's one part of the season. If we're talking about like look, like that's that sucks. Really yeah. wish we could have. Hopefully, had that. we get that next year with Butler. I think next year the Russian crown could be pretty fun. Shown Dalton, he got the receiving crown, one thousand four hundred forty-one. He ends up edging Dominic Dominique Robbins by 40 yards and as predicted by experts lorenzo malvin he got 17 sacks to be the sack champ of the cfl which is pretty awesome so with that being said we are now diving into semi-final predictions we kick things off in the east hamilton visiting montreal let me give you guys a little background the season series montreal leads Two to one. Their last meeting was in week sixteen. That being said, Tyler, you are leading the Preds pool. What say you? This is going to be a fun game. Absolutely. Hamilton, for whatever measure this is, is playing their best ball all year. They're coming to the playoffs, but I also think Montreal was looking good with Trevor Harris towards the end of the season as well in the offense. I trust. Trevor Harris, based on this season, to not make too many big mistakes. I think he ironed a lot of things out. I think Geno Lewis is sort of a surefire thing. I think he's going to feed the beast. I think he's going to feed the beast. I do think Hamilton's secondary is suspect, and a guy like Geno Lewis will have not too many issues balling out. Uh, I think Montreal's defense is good enough, and I'll take. In a tight game like this, I will take the home team. It's the Montreal Elephants. They had a better se- they had a better season. They're the better team. That's why they're playing at home, and I'm going to to honor that. Okay. I think those are all good reasons, but I am going to play the hot hand, which is the Hamilton Tiger Cats team that went four and zero down the stretch including big win in Calgary. So I'm going to pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think they get the job done. Like I said, I think they're just hot. I think they have the ability to be more explosive offense at times. Um, and I, I don't know. I just I feel the vibe. I think Hamilton's finally found their groove after struggling all season long. Um, and I think they get the job done. I think I think Montreal in many ways sort of limped into the finish line. They've kind of been w- weirdly limping this whole time. Because after, after oh, go ahead, Matt. No, the um, 
the the final table uh to borrow a football term nice i think does not tell the the full story of the montreal alouettes season i mean nine and nine is not great anyways yeah um but i think i i think they with if some things hadn't shaken their way could have easily not made the playoffs well, because like, cause what I'll say is after the Week 16 matchup with Hamilton, which Montreal won, credit to them, they then went to Edmonton and I would say you were outplayed but won the game 25-18. They then lost to Ottawa at home. They then barely beat Ottawa on the road. They then lost to Toronto in the game that cemented home field advantage for Toronto. So I, I just don't think Montreal's shown me enough. Now, I still think this game will be incredibly competitive. Uh, competitive, but I don't think Montreal showed me enough over the last month for me to be overly confident, whereas Hamilton has gone out there and won some games that maybe they shouldn't have, won ugly, um, and I think I think made a, a better account of themselves, in my opinion. And so I will say those are also great points, but I'm with Tyler on this one. Oh, <laughs> And I also, uh, this is also me willing things. You know that I oh, am a Trevor Harris homer. I and I'm I'm attempting to will this in. Like, yes, would I love to see Trevor Harris lead the Montreal Alouettes to a Grey Cup? Obviously. Yes. Like, that's who I will be rooting for. And I also think it's possible, totally especially with, with Willie back. And I think, I think that the 9-9... Nine and nine, while it could have slipped to, uh, you know, could have slipped to 7-11, could have slipped to 8-10, and 10, certainly very easily, could have slipped even further. I think with a healthy Willie Standback, we're looking at like a 12-6, and 13-5 team. Um, so I, I think they're, they're in, in some ways hot as well. And I think at home, just looking better. All right. All right. With that being said, oh, how hard was this one for you guys? Calgary I'm still deciding. At BC in the Western Semi. BC leads the season series 2-1. to one. They last met in week, six, week 16. You'll love this. With Nathan Rourke back, this will be our third different starting quarterback matchup between these two teams. It's amazing. And this is only their fourth meeting. We've had we've had Bo Nathan, we've had Mayor Adams twice, and now we get Mayor versus Rourke. It is going to be spectacular. Um, and I guess I'm kicking this sucker off. And Matt, I think that I why I love your pick with Montreal is I think the same reasoning uh, that I am going to pick the BC Lions. I had written down Calgary in many ways. I think that Calgary's the better team. I think that obviously BC is throwing Nathan Rourke in there and he's played a half of football over the last, what is that, two months. Um, it's risky. But it's simply put, come Saturday, I'm going to be rooting for the BC Lions. So I might as well pick them so I don't have to worry about any conflict. So I'm picking the BC Lions. So I am also going to be picking the BC Lions, but it's not without a great deal of consternation. Um, Because I do think even though they played 
Saskatchewan at home, Calgary did look really, really oh, good, good. <laughs> in week very 21. Good. And BC did not. Yes. Um, and, you know, and I, but I don't know how much to, like, Saskatchewan had obviously given up. Like, they, they've been, they've given up the last th- uh, two games. Um, but I don't know what to make of Winnipeg. Like, I feel like I could easily chalk it up to these guys don't know how to turn off. And Winnipeg was actually trying to play a solid defensive game. And that's why Rourke, in his first game back, was not able to put together much of an offensive campaign. I don't know. I don't think you can read too much into it. That's that. That's my yeah. problem. Yeah. But I do think that what we what we were saying at the beginning of the season is we didn't know enough about Nathan Rourke and and uh, you know he, they're untested. I, I I think in many ways this game is a week one game for the BC Lions and what they did in the week one game. The last time they had a week one game was just blow the doors off of Edmonton and. I remember that. Way bigger challenge this upcoming week against Calgary, a completely different team, the strongest defense in the CFL. But I think the pieces are all there with Butler and with Rourke and with uh, Whitehead and Rhymes and Hatcher. And now I don't think Burnham will play, but if they can make it to the Western Finals, if they can make it to a Grey Cup, I definitely think we have a good chance of seeing Burnham in a, a real role. Um, so I think they've got all the pieces there, but big question is going to be secondary if they can, or uh, special teams rather if the, and secondary also, special <laughs> but mostly special sloppy. teams, special teams is sloppy. But if, so if they, if they can't figure that out, this could easily have be a Calgary runaway, but offensively and on the front of their defense they're they've got all the pieces to make a, a huge run. So you guys are all on the Lions. Exactly where I want you. Because <laughs> I am taking the Calgary Stam. Yeah, Peter, like you're totally right. Yeah, I feel like that's a great pred. This great pred. And and I will tell you why. Perfect. It's because they they're gonna get after the quarterback and. And I think this is the first game since Rourke's come back. And unfortunately, it's against the, the team with the most sacks in the CFL, I think by like 11 or 12. <laughs> the, he's going to feel nervous. Uh, I, and, I don't, and I'm not saying he's going to play bad. I think Rourke will have a, a good game. I, and, I don't, and I don't think – I think that you mentioned that there's a potential that Calgary would run away with this. I don't think there's a chance of that. I just think that they're going to make enough plays, uh, disrupt Rourke's timing, which may be off for how long he was out. Um, and and hit him a few times, and and you know, I don't know if Nathan Rooker's ever had an injury in his career like he did, uh, but he may start to feel the pressure a little more than he was before. So, the offense for Ca- first the Stampeders looked really good to close out the season. Um, in their final six games, they put up twenty nine, twenty five, twenty nine, thirty two, thirty two, thirty six. So the the offense is is in a good is in a good place. Um, I, I think Jake Mayer has been playing long enough now that we know what he is. He's not going to turn the ball over too often. He's going to be pretty accurate. Um, and 
I think that he will the accuracy in moving the chains and keeping the ball away from the explosive play offense of BC will be a huge part of the reason the Stampeders win the game. I just think they'll get first downs with Kadeem Carey and Jake Mayer throwing you know eight to twelve yard darts, um, and they'll they'll be kind of looking to to take away time of possession. All right. I will say, though, Tyler, does it concern you at all that Calgary is going to be put into a spot where they have the ability to kind of salt away the game and they're just going to refuse to hand the ball off to Kadeem Carey? This, this is the – this is the. I am actually worried they're not – like I am with most things, Calgary, that they're just not going to get out of their own way. And that is mostly centered around the play calling regarding the best running back in the CFL because – if they continue to disrespect Kadeem Carey by giving him less than suboptimal le- amount of carries, less than fifteen carries, it, it's only to their detriment. I mean, it, they have the pieces there to do. They have the horses in the stable. Just do it. I mean, Kadeem Carey can get you into these second and fours, second and threes. Let him do that. Six point six yards of carry. Like, get let him, let him dictate the tone of where, of where you're taking your second downs at. Uh, Jake May, Jake Mayer is of the the very accurate. He's just as accurate as Nathan Rourke. I, I truly believe that. I don't think he has the arm like Nathan Rourke does. I don't think he can you know go vertical like he can. But in that intermediate passing game, he is he's deadly. You got it. You got to give him those options. You're going to be constantly behind the chains. And having second and tens, it's not going to be the recipe for success here. That running the ball, using the clock, has to be the game plan. If the game plan is to try to get into get into a, a boat race with BC. You're going to lose. BC would loved would love for this to just be like who who can score more points, like who can run up the score the fastest. Like that's what they want to do. So the Stampeders need to 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 they don't need to zig, they need to zag. Go let's Zags. gaze let's gaze into our crystal ball a little bit. Looking at both quarterbacks. Do we see either quarterback having any sort of short leash put on them considering the situation they're in? With no. work, it's No. I don't I don't think for either of them. I think you I think you ha- I think also in the playoffs you you have to dance. I would with love who, to see a four there. interception first half from Mayer. Just Why? so they can Why? throw what is that your, grenade what is into your... the lock. What is your anti? You just like you have, yes. You're you right, don't Tyler. like you don't like Mayor, and I don't. Yeah, what's know your why. deal, bud? My deal is that I'm a hater. And okay, I don't, so I don't get why. I saw it's like, no, he's, it's a good, he's a he's a good young quarterback in the CFL. I, I don't. He doesn't play for a team that you necessarily have anything against. I, I don't get. You do seem to have a deal with him. I, I don't understand it. Okay, well, Here, I'll explain here, it. here's what I think. You love Jake Mayer, and thus I must be the antagonist. Here, here. I'll, let me answer your question. There is a chance that Bo Levi comes in. Yes. Outside, of course. I mean, of course, there is. It would be because for an injury. An injury. An injury is the only way that Bo Levi gets. I don't think so. I think if. I think if. Crazy. Yeah. No. There. There's. There's a chance. Crazy. Of course. There's. 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 Of course, a chance. So slim, but I would love it. I think there's not a chance that VA gets in. No. Because there's no reason to. Like I, I don't. 
doesn't seem like if Rourke is playing poorly that VA is going to do markedly better. I think that's VA bad. came in in order to secure them a playoff spot. Um, and, and the understanding was that he was there to keep the boat afloat while Rourke got healthy. Yes. And there's <clears throat> no, there's not a future per se to, uh, to VA in BC, right? Yeah. So there's no reason to throw him a bone and kind of get him psyched up for next season. Like it's, it's always going to be Rourke or they're going to try their hand in free agency, right? So if Rourke's not playing well, the best thing that the BC Lions can just do is out. just get him real experience of getting his ass kicked or overcoming adversity in the playoffs and just... Like Less, this uh, is his first playoff game. All right, can, can so we, just can let the guy guys. Run. Run. Okay, I'm, let, let me fight. let me let me just let me so just good. let me just set the table right here. Okay, Jake Mayer played the BC defense twice. He won one game, lost one game, but he threw set he threw seventy five percent accuracy, over three hundred yards in the in the win and in the loss. Hold on one second. In the loss, he had where, where am I at? Where am I at? Sorry, I'm clicking through some stuff. Um, in the loss, he had another three hundred, uh, another three hundred yards and three touchdowns. So in two games, he threw seventy-five percent accuracy against BC's pass defense, six hundred yards and three touchdowns, and no picks. Listen, if he slices and dices this defense, do not be surprised. He's already done it. Now Calgary's defense only played one good game against BC, and that was the last one they played against BC. So I'm not I'm not a fool to think that I I mean they did get into a shootout with them earlier in the season and it didn't go well for Calgary they they lost because getting into a shootout with BC is they've done it twice they've tried to do it twice they have to run the ball more and the game Kadeem Carey got ten carries in the game where they lost thirty one twenty nine not enough carries for Kadeem they no. tried to win by throwing it a ton of times and Jake Mayer played well but you just don't get into that kind of game with BC. I, I just I think the question is not do we think that Jake Mayer is going to play poorly, but is there a world in which Dave Dickinson puts in Bo Levi Mitchell in an attempt it would to be win the game? Crazy! It would I feel like it would be crazy. Definitely <laughs> a dead horse that has passed, but I'm keeping it alive. Of course, it's I want, crazy. I want the drama. That would be the most dramatic thing we could have. That it'd be it, but I, I I think I think it is possible. I think there is a world where. At halftime, and you know Jake Mayer has, you know, S- no touchdowns, w. two interceptions, three interceptions, um, and they're down by three scores. Oh. You know, like you know, you can you can let Jake run. I think it's 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 as good a decision to tell Jake to get back out there and and win the game as bring in Bo. So, is there a possibility that Dave makes a decision to? bring in Bo if Jake is struggling I think that is a possibility and I think on the other side I don't think it's a possibility that Rick brings in Vernon if Rourke is struggling I think that's completely fair I think we've talked enough nonsense about my dream scenario (laughs) let's move on and let's change your yeah change your go change your pants John let's do our final (laughs) fantasy talking about fantasies Let's talk about our final fantasy segment of the year. Matt, lay it on us. Well, John, uh, props to you. You put together a great season. Um, 
got ahead, stayed ahead, yes. and uh, you had you didn't win this last. Uh, oh yes, you did actually. Yeah, you you won the last uh, week as well. A down week, obviously, which we expected, fifty point eight. Um, but you you, know, you put together another uh, great week, um, and you put together a great team. So uh, more power to you. You won the league overall, sixteen sixteen point eight. Uh, and then Tyler, you were able to hold on. My best um, fantasy finish. So that was awesome. You you won by ten points exactly, fifteen forty one point one to my thirteen or sorry fifteen thirty one point one. Um, I just wasn't able to to overcome it at the very end. Uh, I mean, last week you're ninety seven point three. You know, that's just I just I'm not going to be able to <laughs> to do it. So fantasy is a funny great job. A funny. And then Peter gave up again we've got to figure something out i don't know what it is but we've got to get this guy he, to play a full season it's he, gonna happen this next year he's no longer gonna be in texas he's gonna be back on the west coast and he's girl have girlfriend him. nothing he's else going on in his life him. he's just gonna be working the grind yes and me in his ear every second of the day no it's no she'll maybe maybe so <laughs> we're just going to be saying, set your lineup, set your lineup. And Peter will set a lineup for all 21 weeks of this upcoming CFL season. You heard it here first, people. And we will not help him one time. That is probably not going to be the case. Everybody gets a little help. Tyler, you get a little help. I get by with a little help, my friends. All right. I am happy to be the 2022 CFL fantasy champion. It means a lot to me. I worked my butt off. I was crafty. You Thank were crafty. You I mean, the Nathan. I mean, the Na- I mean, we had to say the Nathan. You were on the Nathan Work thing first, and and that was what won you the, those big weeks he had won you the league. What was good is I was an early hater of Rourke and then the earliest adopter of Rourke. <laughs> True. So I Truly. had it both ways, which is something I love. Anyway, with that being said, we will see you off to go enjoy the Western semis. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, DM us on Twitter at Shups and Preds. Email us, shupsandpreds at gmail.com. Tell us who you think was snubbed in the all-star voting. Uh, we will uh, do our best to get any listener feedback on the pod next week. We're begging we, for it. We're on our knees. Come when on. We talk, when we talk Give it to Western me. and Eastern finals. I gotta have in it. In a week ahead of the Grey Cup. Uh, With that being said, peace out, y'all, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.